This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi guys, this is Jordan and this is Austin Real Estate Investing. Today we have what I'd say is a local celebrity here, Dan Castro. Hey Dan, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm not sure I would call myself a local celebrity, but thanks anyway. <laughs> hey Dan, so tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you ended up in Austin and you know, just what you do um, here. Sure. I'm a 27-year real estate attorney and business litigation attorney. Um, I'm also a real estate investor, developer. Um, I own a, um, a property management company as well. I also own a real estate brokerage. I own a company called Investor Underground that teaches people how to buy uh, real estate at below market prices. And I also own several short-term rentals. Um, so I own basically four different companies, all related to real estate, and uh, I've written a couple of books that did really well. So. Awesome. So uh, how I learned about you, and I think probably how a lot of people learned about you, is the Investor Underground. Um, maybe go into that a little bit. What is that? How do people find out more about it, and, and where can they find it? Yeah, Investor Underground is a... Um, it's a Facebook group and we have a Google group. Um, it was created because I got kicked out of the other, uh, what back then was the biggest investor networking group in town. Um, they invited me to speak at their, at one of their events and I wore a bulletproof vest. Um, and my theme was don't shoot me. I'm just the messenger because a lot of the people that were in the room were my clients. They were coming to me for legal advice. They were coming to me for closings. And they would come to me when they got sued. And so I was asked to speak on the top 10 ways to avoid litigation. And I knew that I was going to end up telling them a lot of things they were doing wrong. You know, um, a lot of them didn't know they were doing anything wrong. They just needed help, you know, and, and I'm, I'm trying to make sure that they're doing the right things so that deals will close. Cause I saw so many deals blowing up on the day of closing or the day before closing, I saw them be, being sued. And unbeknownst to me, the people that were teaching them incorrectly were the hosts of this meeting. <laughs> the very people that invited me to come speak. And they had no idea what I was going to say, right? And uh, I had no idea that they were the ones teaching this, this group of people incorrectly. So I just went down my list, you know, very nonchalant very innocently saying, you know, don't do this, don't do that, never do this. You guys are doing this. You need to stop it. And, um, and then at the, uh, at the very end, I said, by the way, if I was to hold a class to teach you guys how to do this properly, would anybody be interested in coming? And of course, everybody's hand went up and that was the beginning of our boot camp. Um, but I was asked not to return to that group because uh, unbeknownst to me, as I said, I ended up exposing these teachers. Um, I wouldn't call them a fraud, but they were, they were really, really getting their students in a lot of trouble and they were charging $35,000, $50,000 for their program. Yeah. 
Uh, only have their students getting sued. Only to have their 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 students lose deals that they shouldn't have lost. Um, and so that at the time that was the biggest networking group in town. It was about you know, fifteen hundred people, which I thought was huge. You know, and so I I scratched my head. Well, what do I do now? You know, because that was a great source of clients for me. And I thought, well, what does it take to start your own networking investing group? You know. And so I just created one. I call it Investor Underground because there's a, a hidden network of people out there that are making a lot of money investing in below market real estate. And it's the kind of group that I can't say they meet in secret, but they meet kind of below the radar. They do deals amongst themselves. They're never on MLS. They're, they're kind of like backdoor closet deals where only the only people that know about the deal is the, the buyer and the seller. And they're making money hand over fist and they're buying um, rent house por portfolios um, by buying these, these properties at 70% on the dollar, um, quietly generating thousands of dollars of passive income a month. And, and so I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a group that's free. The other one you had to pay to join. And I'm going to level the playing field. I'm going to democratize real estate investing. And so I created a group and said, hey, if you're buying or selling below market property off market, in other words, non-MLS deals, and you want to deal with other investors like yourself, come join our group. And it began to grow exponentially with zero marketing because um, people love honesty. They love people that are forthright. They love integrity. They love the fact that we weren't charging anything. It was just a level playing field. Anybody that's got an off-market, below-market deal can come to our group. And we also have a, um, a Google group that they can join. To all, it's all free. And exchange deals. And not just exchange deals, but brainstorm issues. Hey, has anybody ever dealt with this kind of plumbing problem? Hey, I need a roofer. Um, hey, I need a good CPA, you know. And so it's a free-flowing exchange of information. Um, and you know, as I said, we've done zero marketing for that group, but it's grown to over 20,000 people. And we have members from all over the country right now. Yeah. And speaking of, I've gotten tons of good referrals from the group. One of my favorite things to do is just to use the search feature in the group, not even ask a question, just see if somebody else has asked that question before. You know, just today I've searched for somebody to do a fence because I had gotten a couple quotes on a fence and I thought they were a little high. So I searched for that. Turns out there's 50 people who've asked the same question. So rather than asking the same question over, just look. I didn't know you could do, do a search in our Facebook group for prior questions. You'll have to show me how to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. There's a lot of content on there. Just search. I, personally, I get annoyed where I see the same questions asked over and over and over. So I, I just I just search because I know somebody else has probably thought the same thing that I've thought before. I'm no rocket scientist. I don't have anything unique or new. But yeah, no, so the investor at Underground is awesome. You know, you said you do work as an attorney too. Yeah. Um, talk a little more about that. So yeah, I do uh, real estate law and business litigation. Um, you know, when I first started um, out of law school, I went to work for a, an ivory tower law firm, big giant firm, one of the biggest on the planet, representing Fortune 500 companies in multi-billion dollar lawsuits, very complex federal court litigation. 
and uh, did that for about five years, then became corporate counsel to a Fortune 500 company, um, handling similar litigation. And throughout all that time, I was also handling um, real estate disputes, you know, litigation representing the biggest real estate company on the planet, Century 21 at the time. I think somebody else is bigger now. I'm not sure who, but um, so fast forward. Uh, one of my clients, a Century 21 broker, had a heart attack and was uh, going out of business. Uh, not not losing money going out of business, but wanted to retire. So he sold me his brokerage. And um, about that same time, my first book came out and it was doing really well. And I was getting asked to speak all over the country. And, and I thought, what can I do to create passive income so I can pursue writing more books and speaking more? And owning a real estate brokerage seemed to be the right fit. So I bought his brokerage um, and started generating semi-passive income. It's not entirely passive, but it was more passive than I, what I was doing. Then we started a property management company. Um, and so my, my law practice shifted from hardcore take-no-prisoners business litigation to more real estate transactions. You know, hey, help us close this transaction. And I absolutely fell in love with it because in litigation, everybody's angry, everybody's pissed off, there's egos involved, there's biased judges, there's incompetent lawyers, and everybody walks away angry at the end of the day, you know, except the guy that won the lawsuit. And he's out a bunch of money because, you know, that's how much it costs uh, to win a lawsuit. But in real estate transactions, everybody walks away happy. There's wine, people bring gifts to the closing there's hugs i've heard people sing hymns in a closing room like oh yeah you know <laughs> and um, wow this is a real change and i really liked it and as i said i saw a bunch of investors you know trying to make money doing creative transactions and i saw them getting getting in trouble and i saw them blowing deals that should have closed and and so then i started teaching people how to do it properly and um then I started taking notes and, and sometimes people would call me and say, Dan, I've got a really hard closing, a deal I want to do. Help me figure it out. Here's this problem. And so I would literally create a solution out of thin air and then create a file and identify the elements of that solution. Well, here was the problem. Here's the things I did. And all of that content, all those solutions that I kept coming up with, ended up in our bootcamp, the Investor Underground Bootcamp. So right now we teach 26 different ways to structure a deal, many of which you've never seen before and will never see because it, it's not on the internet anywhere. Um, but I forgot what your question was. <laughs> talking about uh, your, your attorney business, kind of what you do as an attorney. And I think you're talking about it a little bit here, so. Yeah, so my, my law practice shifted. Um, so right now, you know, 90% of what I do is real estate transactions. I brainstorm, I solve problems. Um, and I get calls morning, noon, and night from people saying, hey, I've got a, a great deal. I can make a buttload of money, but we've got this problem. And it's usually multiple problems. Um, and so I, I help them fix those problems. And sometimes the problems are, are so large that they don't want to do it. They just like, I don't, I don't want to do this, Dan, you take this deal. You can have it or I'll sell it to you cheap. You know, here, give me a few thousand bucks. And so I ended up, I ended up picking up a lot of really, really sweet deals that only I could solve. 
because I'm in a very unique position. You know, it's not that I'm any smarter than anybody else, but, but I've got some skills and some, you know, the ability to see solutions maybe that other people don't see because of my experience. And so when those deals drop in my lap, uh, I get them closed and I end up owning them. And um, one classic example of that is a, um, a deal I picked up in East Austin. Um, the house is walking distance to, to Sixth Street. You can literally hear music from the front yard during South by Southwest. And um, I'll, I'll give you the short version. If you want to go into it more, I can do that. But the short version is I, I only spent $10,000 out of my own pocket. Um, and in three years, that property is worth $1.2 million. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that Good was a deal. Yeah, incredible location. Yeah. And that was a deal that somebody else couldn't, couldn't figure out how to close. There were just too many obstacles. And some of them were legal obstacles that they couldn't have solved because only, only somebody with legal expertise can solve those things. So. Yeah, so I guess that's a good segue into what I wanted to talk about next and, and really why I had you, one of the main reasons I had you on is your real estate investing business or what you do as a real estate investor. So I know you're a real estate investor. Um, obviously, you're buying properties in Austin. I've seen a lot of quotes from you and, and posts from you in the Investor Underground and even it was a newspaper article a year or two ago about how wholesalers were hurting homeowners and how to avoid that. So I see you do a lot of things to try to help people invest in real estate. And I kind of want to talk about what do you do as a real estate investor? So as I said, um, you know, I, I, I buy a lot of below market real estate in and around Austin and San Antonio um, and Costa Rica. And um, my first experience with real estate was when I was 21 years old. I was in college. My dad was a real estate agent and he really, really wanted to instill in us the value of investing in real estate. You know, when you're in college, just not what you're thinking about, right? You're, you're still popping zits and chasing girls, you know? <laughs> but my dad said, Hey, I, I really want you to buy this lot. I'm, I bought a lot out in the country. Uh, there's a lot next to mine. I want you to buy it. So one day we can have a family compound. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, that's the last thing I want to think about right now. And I'm barely making any money. I mean, minimum wage working at the mall. Right. But he talked me into it. And so I bought an acre and a half of land. And uh, back then, you could buy land by putting it on layaway, kind of, sort of, where, yeah, I know it sounds funny, right? Yeah. Where you don't, you don't really own the land, but you're making payments on it. Right? It's not your land. It's called a contract for deed. Oh, yeah. I've got a contract for deed. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, you pay and pay and pay. And then one day when you pay it off, then they transfer title to you. Back then, you could still do that. It's very, very difficult today to do it legally. Um, there is a way to do it, but it's very difficult. So don't try this without adult supervision. But um, So that was my first taste of real estate, and I liked it. I'm like, this is really cool. And so, yeah, I've been buying and selling real estate since I was 21 years old. But it wasn't until about 10, maybe 15 years ago that I – um, learned ways to buy real estate at 50 cents on the dollar, 70 cents on the dollar, sometimes less. And, um, you know, generate both passive income cause I'm a buy and hold guy. Um, but also watch the real estate appreciate dramatically, especially in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Right. Um, 
and I'm still in shock at how fast the Austin market has appreciated. Um, and it's, it's real money. It's not theoretical money. Some people say, yeah, that's not real money, Dan. That's theoretical money. It's not, it's real money. And, um, I can tell you a lot more about that later if you want, but then we started getting into some development, you know, um, we just built three new condos in East Austin. Uh, one of them is walking distance to sixth street. The other two are uh, about two minutes from rainy street and two blocks from the river lady bird Lake, literally from two, two blocks from the boardwalk. Um, and so, yeah, we just got into real estate developing and we're very excited about that. It's done very, very well for us. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you talked a little bit about the Austin market. Um, are you from Austin, Dan? No, I grew up in San Antonio, but okay. I moved here uh, right out of college to go to law school. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, you know, I hear from people all the time that, hey, you know, Austin's too expensive. There's other markets that are much better and you should go there. Why do you choose to live, work, and invest in Austin still? Well, that's a good point. I want to tell everybody to, to not invest in Austin. You guys go look somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, yeah, keep believing that because the more you believe that, the more of the low-hanging fruit there is for me and the people who are like me who know how to find it. Um, but you raise a good a good question. I mean, I guess the most straightforward way to answer that is because Austin is one of the fastest appreciating markets in the country. And if you believe what you read in the paper and you, if you listen to your real estate agent, you're going to not think that Austin is a good place to invest in. It's a good place to buy a house to live and work in if it's your homestead. But you know, the, the common knowledge is, yeah, but it's not a great place to buy rentals because taxes are going to eat you alive. And you know, the 1% rule doesn't work here. I've heard it all, you know. Um, and I see you smiling and giggling because you probably know the same secrets that I do, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I want people to keep believing that. You guys keep preaching that gospel because that leaves more fruit, low-hanging fruit for Jordan and I. Because um, I know how to buy property in Austin, Texas for 50 cents on the dollar, 70 cents on the dollar, where it immediately has equity of anywhere from 50,000. I bought houses with $150,000 in equity. And the house I bought on 9th Street, which is walking distance to 6th Street, literally had $400,000 in equity. Um, and so it's called an equity capture move, number one. So you, you on day one, you start off with that much equity, right? Depending on how you negotiate the deal. And then you fix it up. And then immediately um, you start cash flowing anywhere from, you know, a couple hundred bucks to a thousand bucks a month because you bought it right. You bought it at below market rates. So your, your, uh, your debt payments are low. Uh, you can't do anything about taxes, but um, your debt payments are low and you're cash flowing immediately. And, and so, yeah, we own a bunch of houses here, San Antonio. We own one in Costa Rica. We're about to buy a ski condo in purgatory. Um, and then I discovered short-term rentals. Oh my God, did that change my life? <laughs> in, in Austin here? Yeah. Yeah. Most yeah, short-term rentals in Austin? Uh, yeah, I've got uh, several in Austin. I've got uh, one in Costa Rica and we're about to, to buy one in Purgatory, Colorado. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Um, you know, so you talked about being a buy and hold investor. 
what attracted you to buy and hold over, let's say, flipping? You said you're doing a little development now too, but why buy and yeah. hold? Um, because when you buy and hold, what I tell students when we teach our boot camp is basically somebody's buying you a house. You know, you come out of pocket a little bit on day one to do the transaction. If you do, if you use our, our strategies and our systems, your out of pocket costs on day one are not that much. Um, but you know, regardless, even if you put, you know, the standard amount of money down for buy and hold, once you rent it, as long as you're breaking even, you don't even have to cash flow because at the end of the day, you're going to own a house that somebody else paid for and you're going to get all the tax benefits from it. Okay. In other words, somebody else is paying your interest on that loan, but guess who gets the deduction? You, right? And as that house depreciates, guess who gets that deduction? You. And at the end of the day, if you hold it for, for 20 or 30 years, guess who the house belongs to? You. So essentially somebody else just bought you a house. So the more of those you can do, then, you know, in your retirement years, you're going to have 20 or 30 houses that you own free and clear. They're going to all cash flow hundred uh, percent minus property taxes, I guess, and insurance, but you know, that's not going to be much. And you know, if you have an emergency, you just sell one, you know, and the, the median price of a house in Austin is $435,000. That's today. What's yeah. it going to be 20 years from now? So, you know, um, your wife has cancer, sell a house, you know, you decide you want to travel around the world for a year, sell a house, um, or just use your passive income and keep the house, you know, um, flipping is, is fine. It's good. We teach the, you know, how to flip a house. It's ba very basic, very elementary stuff in our boot camp. but it, it, um, if you do it often enough, it starts to look like work, you know, yeah. because if you've ever flipped a house, you already know that you have to be on the job site every single day or your contractors will rob you blind. They won't show up. They'll do shoddy workmanship and you'll end up with a nightmare on your hands. So, you know, if you want another job on top of the job you already have, start flipping houses. You can make big money fast, you know, in big chunks, you know, $40,000, $50,000, sometimes $100,000. But you are now in the construction industry. You're no longer in real estate. You are in the construction industry. Make no bones about it. You're going to become very familiar with Home Depot and Lowe's. You're going to learn how to fix stuff on your own. You're going to have to learn how to lay tile um, because otherwise you don't know if they're doing it right. You just don't know until after it's done and you go, oops, what happened here? You know, um, so flipping is good, you know, and I have a lot of students and clients that flip and I've done very well doing it. But I think it's a stepping stone to the real game, which is, you know, how do I get up whenever I want, go have my morning coffee at Starbucks, read the paper for an hour, check email, make a couple of phone calls to my buddies to see what they're doing. And then when five o'clock rolls around, know that I've made several thousand dollars that day. How do I do that? And that's called passive income. And you can only do it a few ways. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of network marketing things out there that are, you know, some of them are okay, but there's only a few ways that, that history has proven to be successful over the years. And real estate is one of the best ways. Um, we do long-term rentals, you know, year leases. But as I said, recently we started, we discovered short-term rentals through Airbnb and we multiplied our monthly revenues um, 
extravagantly. I can't even tell you. I mean, I can tell you if you want to know, but but it's it's shocking how much more money you can make in the short-term rental market over the long-term market. So again, you know, you can check your your short-term rental stats on the beach in Costa Rica. Um, I just got back from a six weeks six week long hiking and camping trip across America. Um, and it was kind of entertaining to look at my phone and see how much money I'd made that day, you know, on Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm right there with you with the flipping. I don't really want to buy my way into another job where I get taxed just as bad as my normal job. You know, I'm a real yeah. estate agent, horrible tax treatment. You know, yeah. yeah, you can make good money flipping, but you get horrible tax treatment and it's just another job. So it's not for me. Buy and hold's the way to go, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, me and um, another guy had, had a big debate um, called buy and hold versus fix and flip a few years ago. And it was very entertaining because he was, you know, preaching the gospel of fix and flip. And I was preaching the gospel of buy and hold. And uh, we came out wearing boxing gloves and boxing robes and <laughs> playing rock and roll music. And then we had a debate, a presidential style debate. And uh, we let the audience decide the winner with their applause, you know. And I won, but, you know, I had an unfair advantage because I'm a litigation attorney, so I kind of know what I'm doing when it comes to the stage. <laughs> know how to argue with people professionally. I know how to argue. Yeah, exactly. So, Hey, guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here, and I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, I, absolutely on board there, buy and hold all the way. Um, I think that's where everybody wants to get eventually. They just they, they start doing whatever they're doing, whether they're, they're being a real estate agent or they have a business or they're a flipper. And their eventual goal is to get to a buy and hold investor, but um, 100% on board there. Can yeah. you tell us about maybe a, a deal gone wrong you've seen? I know you've seen a ton of deals happen in your lifetime maybe something to avoid for people or a deal that went really bad and how they could not have done that. You don't have to mention any names, of course. Wow. Yeah. I can think of a, of a ton, um, because as the litigation attorney, um, usually people don't call you unless there's something really, really wrong. <laughs> yeah. And they, they're literally crying on the phone like, man, you're not going to believe this, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm going to just grab one out of my, menu in my brain because there's so many but one of the biggest mistakes i've seen is people who try to do a joint venture deal uh without a properly drafted joint venture agreement and when i say properly drafted i mean by a real attorney not something you found on the web not something you found in a in a, in a networking group that somebody sent you um one of the classic mistakes is you know an investor will will find a seller who's in distress and say hey I can't pay you today, right? But if you let me fix up your house, um, we'll fix it and flip it and then we'll split the profits. You know, that's kind of the classic joint venture thing. And the mistake is that, number one, they don't have a proper joint venture agreement. It's all a handshake. And number two, they leave title in the name of the seller. And if your wheels are turning, you can already see the potential for disaster, okay? Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest disasters I saw was a lady, uh, a real estate agent, um, who wanted to do this very thing with, I think it was like her best friend from the third grade or something. It was a very close friend of hers. 
And so my client, the investor, paid for the entire rehab. It was like 80 grand or something like that. And and then she was also going to list the house, right? Because she's a real estate agent and they were going to split the profits. The title remained in the name of the seller, her friend, right? Because they're friends. And they did not have a, a signed anything. It was all handshake. Hey, you're my friend. You know, I've known you since the third grade, right? And at the end of the day, the third grade uh, friend said, you know, I think I'm going to keep this house. We fixed it up so nice. I really like it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. And, and so the investor calls me, Dan, what do I do? What do I do? And um, there was not much she could do because um, she didn't have anything in writing, you know. And I said, well, you know, you can, I almost said her name. I said, you can sue her, you know, but how are you going to prove in court that you didn't just give her this gift because of your friends from the third grade? You know, where's your contract showing that you're going to split the profits? But she said, you know, we're friends, blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, can I put a lien on the house? And I said, no, because you're not the contractor. You hired a contractor, but they all got paid. So what are you going to do? You know? And, um, so I wrote a demand letter threatening to sue her and, and, you know, we came to some reasonable agreement, but my client did not get all of her money, suffice it to say. Um, and, you know, they were never friends again after that. But um, a handshake deal is the worst thing you can do when it comes to real estate. And using a, um, an Internet-based agreement uh, that you found on the Internet is the second worst thing you can do. Um, but, yeah, that's just one of many, many examples I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I think that, you know, even with, you touched on a a cool point there. Even after something goes wrong and and you have an attorney write you a demand letter, it's not always going to do anything. You need to protect yourself up front and then you'll be in shape. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of people, they want to save a couple hundred bucks up front in attorney's fees. I see this all the time. I call it being a penny uh, wise and a pound foolish. So they saved, let's say they saved 500 bucks by not having an attorney prepare the legal document. Um, but because it was not prepared properly, they lost $50,000 because they got screwed, you know? So which is cheaper? <laughs> no, really. It, it, you can't pinch pennies when it comes to legal documents or trying to form an LLC or joint venture or whatever you're trying to do. I know you're trying to save money right then, but it could cost you so much in the future. Oh, and it does frequently. I've seen it over and over and over. Yeah. Cause people come to you after it goes wrong. Oh yeah. I see all the disasters, you know, and if I don't, if they don't come to me, they come to friends of mine and my friends tell me about it. So we see everything. We're like, um, I don't know what you could call it, the receptacle for disasters, you know, we see everything. <laughs> well, you know, because nobody wants to pay an attorney. They say, oh, it's too expensive. I don't need them. But then when stuff goes wrong, they're all too willing to pay to try to fix it. But it might be too late a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody hates an attorney until they need one. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. So Dan, what's one thing yeah. you could tell newer investors? Maybe they're looking to get into buy and hold just a piece of advice you'd give somebody that was looking to get started investing and had nothing going so far, maybe didn't even own a house. Um, we, we get a lot of questions from people that, that are in that exact boat. And um, 
the thing I tell them, it's kind of like what we were just talking about. There's two ways to learn investing. One is on your own, um, which is the worst way because you're going to make every mistake in the book. It's going to end up costing you hundreds of thousands of dollars. The other way, I guess there's three ways, is to find a friend who's an investor. That's better than starting on your own. But unless the friend who's an investor is an absolute pro who's been doing this 20 or 30 years, you're just going to learn their mistakes. You're going to learn it wrong because they're doing it wrong, you know. Um, unless they're a pro that's been doing it for 20 or 30 years. And then the third way is to take some sort of class, which is what I recommend. We're obviously not the only class out there, right? There's tons of classes. Um, be careful what you pay for, um, because there are a lot of shysters out there. And um, the, the class that we teach was, again, created because I saw so many people doing it wrong. I've seen everything. I, I actually have everybody's materials because my students, when they go through my class, they show up at my office the next day and they give me the boxes of crap that they that they bought from fortune builders from rich dad poor dad from the other local austin gurus and they say this was a pile of garbage compared to what you taught me take it off my hands and so i, I take it and i study it and i see all the warts and pimples and all the loopholes and why their students are getting sued and why their deals are going bust and so the boot camp that we created was designed to fill the gaps um, so be careful what you um, what you buy out there. There's a lot of shysters that just want your money. They could care less if you succeed. Um, but do take a class, some sort of comprehensive, all-encompassing class that's going to give you the foundation for what you need, and then find a mentor, right? Um, because then you know what questions to ask. The problem with, with starting off with a mentor without taking a class is you don't even know what questions to ask him, right? Because you don't know what you don't know, right? So if he tells you to do X, if you have no frame of reference, you're just going to go blindly do X, um, not knowing that X is going to get you sued, right? Because he's your mentor. He said to do X, right? But if you've got a foundational level of knowledge, when he says to do X, maybe a red flag will go up and say, wait a minute, isn't that what the instructor warned us against doing? So you're going to be able to ask more intelligent questions of your mentor, like, why are you telling me to do X again? You know? <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome advice. Um, so, you know, you've been in this game for a while. What's your best mindset advice for somebody that's just getting started? Wow. Yeah, we teach a lot about mindset. And, you know, the most important thing that you can do to put yourself in a position of winning at this game and succeeding at this game is to believe, believe, believe that you can do this. And I want to go back to Anthony Garrett, my co-host, because he was literally homeless. Um, he tells this story, so I'm not revealing any of his secrets. He was literally homeless. Um, he'd been in and out of jail. He'd you know, done a bunch of drugs, tattoos all over his body, um, eating out of the backs of restaurants, right, when he got started. He was so broke that he had to steal stamps from his mother's purse to put on his marketing materials, right, to find his first deal, so wholesale. And... You know, I ask him the same question, like, how did you get yourself out of that hole to where you are now? And to tell you where he is now, he's 32 years old. He's already a millionaire. He owns multiple houses, multiple apartment complexes, and he just paid $100,000 cash for his own automotive shop. Um, 
And so, you know, I asked him, you know, how, how, what did you do? (laughs) How did you do this? And, you know, he credits some of that to me. Um, But I, I met him after he got started, not before he got started. So he was already in motion and I just kind of guided him. But, um, but he said, you have to come to a point where you're so sick and tired of doing life like you've been doing it that you cannot tolerate it anymore. You're done. It has to make you sick to your stomach. It has to repulse you. Whatever it is you're doing that's not working, you have to be sick of it. And you have to make a decision that you are absolutely going to succeed no matter what, come hell or high water. You're going to find the mentors. You're going to find the classes. You're going to read the books. You're going to do life different. And one of the sayings that I, that I came up with over the years um, when I started promoting my class was, don't change what you're doing for a living. Anybody can do that. Change who you are being for a living. And I want to say that again because it's very important. Don't change what you're doing for a living. Change who you are being for a living. Because if you can change who you are being for a living, there's nothing that can stop you. Uh, if you don't change who you're being for a living, you can change jobs all day long. You can change jobs every week and you're still going to be who you are. You're still going to be. Um, having the same problems that you've had at the last job, um, they're going to follow you around like a ball and chain. But once you change who you are being for a living, there is absolutely nothing that can stop you. Uh, There are heroes and legends that have gone before you that have paved the path, that have left you a trail of breadcrumbs to follow if you will get up off your butt and follow those trail crumbs. It's not a secret. There's no mysteries. You just have to find the right class, the right mentors, And they will take you by the hand and put their arm around your shoulder and say, come, follow me, do what I do, and you will succeed. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that people are trying to hoard this information. Most people want you to succeed. People who are successful want other people to succeed. And I like what you said there. My old man used to always tell me, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, You've got to change yourself first. Yeah, you have to. And, And you know what? Changing yourself doesn't mean you change yourself and you're forever changed. You have to change yourself every single day. Every single day you wake up and look at yourself in the mirror, you have to say, what can I do to improve my life again today? Okay, so I've hit this level. Um, What can I do to surpass that? You can never be satisfied because as soon as you're satisfied, then the rats and the chipmunks will come chip away at your empire. Um, the, The question is, what can I do different today? Last year's victories don't pay tomorrow's bills. Uh, I don't care how many touchdowns you scored last season. You better be scoring touchdowns again this season or you're going to be sitting on the bench. Absolutely. Um, So what's your favorite business or mindset book that you would tell somebody to read just looking to get over that that hump of just doing the same thing over and over and not not changing themselves? Wow, that's kind of a, a, I'm not sure you intended that to be a softball question, um, no. but I'm, I'm going to promote my own book here. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Hidden Solutions All Around You, Why Some People Can See Them and Some Can't. Um, I spent seven years doing research to answer one question, which is, why is it that, that 10 people can be looking at the same pile of trash and only one of them see the treasure, right? Because you've heard the saying. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Everybody's heard that saying, right? You've heard tons of rags to riches stories. There's tons of movies out there. But the question I had was why? Why is it that nine other people saw that same pile of rubble and did not see the treasure? 
So my quest was to figure out how is it that we can open the eye of the brain to see the solutions that are literally staring us in the face, uh, to see what Michael Dell saw when he started Dell Computers, to see what Mark Zuckerberg saw that everybody else in the industry missed. How are these college kids with no experience, no education, and no training in these new fields able to see a gem that was overlooked by all the pros and all the industry experts? How did that happen? And so that's what this book is about, is how to increase your awareness, how to open the eye of the brain, literally, to see those opportunities and solutions that are literally staring you in the face before somebody else does, because they're there. They're all around you. That's why the book is called Hidden Solutions All Around You. Um, and so that's the, the first book that I would recommend. Um, as far as other people's books go, there's, God, there's tons of them. Um, I love all the Tony Robbins books. Um, I know a lot of people make fun of him and criticize him for being a guru. And they say that, you know, what he does is a cult or whatever, but that man has changed millions of lives over the years. And, um, some of the earliest motivational and uh, inspirational books I ever read, um, you know, from 20, 30 years ago were Tony Robbins books. And if you've never read one pick up, um, I think the first one was unleash the giant within or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, yeah, and he continues to go, too. You know, you can't tell the guy, I, what is he now, 60? Something like that, yeah. He, he doesn't look like he's day over 40 and doesn't have the energy of anybody even that's 40. Yeah, he's got just unlimited energy. Oh, it's called Awaken the Giant Within. But, yeah, I went to one of his uh, three-day uh, weekends just to study what he does. Then I took notes. Uh, if he said, everybody stand up, I wrote down in my notebook, everybody stand up. You know, I was like, uh, like a news reporter. I was, I was participating, but I was also analyzing and dissecting every single thing that he did because he's an absolute magician. And I did the fire walk, you know, you take your shoes off and you literally walk across hot coals. I did that. Uh, it's real. Um, and he had everybody so mesmerized, so captivated at the end of the three days that if he had passed out Kool-Aid with arsenic in it and said, drink this, everybody would have drank it, me included. It was hypnotic. And um, yeah, so, you know, he's an amazing guy. Um, I don't think he's really from this planet. I think he's just visiting planet Earth. Um, but you can learn a lot from him. It's not just emotion. Um, it's not just psychology. There's some real concrete, specific strategies you can learn from him. Awesome. So talking a little bit here about learning, you know, you've talked a little bit about the boot camp you guys have. Um, obviously with COVID, that's a little different. You told me you were looking at still doing another one here soon. Could we talk about that and maybe how people can find out more about it? Yeah. So uh, we do the boot camp once a year. Um, it is accredited by Trek. So if you're a licensed agent, you can get 16 hours of continuing education. It's the only house flipping boot camp that's actually accredited by Trek. So that should tell you something. Um, we were going to have it in May live, uh, but COVID kind of killed that, right? Because we can't have big gatherings. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're, in fact, the, the special started yesterday. Um, we're offering a COVID special. The normal price is seventeen fifty, uh, $1,750. Um, and you can ask any of my students, that's the real price. But because of COVID and we can't meet in person, we're going to do a COVID special for 950 bucks, and you're going to get instant access to the videos. Uh, day one is all about how to find uh, below market properties um, 
as I said, we teach 26 different ways to structure a deal if you don't have any money or you have very little money. Um, day two is all about um, how to put those deals under contract, um, all the landmines and problems that you're going to run into and how to solve those. And um, more importantly, a lot, of, a lot of people that come to the boot camp come for one reason, and that's to get the contracts Bible, the coveted gold mine called the contracts Bible. What's that? Um, so the contracts Bible I put together because my, my clients and students kept saying, Hey, do you have a form for this? Do you have a contract that says that, can you send me that contract? Right. Cause everybody's all about saving money. They're on the web trying to scour for this form or that contract. And as I said, 90% of what's out there is garbage. And so I said, yeah, I can do that. I've got years and years of, of contracts that I've drafted for my own deals for my clients deals. So I put together a template of the, the six contract types that you're going to use over and over and over as a real estate investor, real estate agent who likes to do creative deals. They're already filled in. It's a, it's a, you know, paint by number template. And on top of that, I've created my own addenda, right? The, the CYA documents that would protect you and keep you out of a lawsuit. I created those for myself. I created them for my clients and that's part of the contracts Bible. It's about a, a three-inch binder. Uh, my students say they keep this in their car with them at all times um, because you never know when you're going to have to go talk to a seller and, you know, you're going to need that form. Um, and so a lot of people take the class just to get that binder, and um, that's part of the, the, the two-day boot camp. Um, now, here's the catch. The $950 price is limited. It's a COVID special. So you have to sign up within the next 30 days. We're not going to offer this forever because the real price is 1750. But people don't want to go to big gatherings and it's hard to find a restaurant or a place that let let us have more than 50 people anyway. So mm. if you want instant access and you want the, the contracts Bible, um, sign up now. You have 30 days to get the 950 price. And after that, that window is shut. And where can people find that? Is there a website? The website is coming. So the best way to sign up now is to call my office at 512-250-9882. Or they can email me at danmancastro at gmail.com. All right. Perfect. I was going to ask how to get hold of you, but it sounds like there you go. Yeah. All right, Dan. Last question I got here. Uh, I think it's the most important is what's your favorite restaurant in Austin? <laughs> wow. Um, probably Cuero's. Probably Cuero's on South Congress. Yeah. It's it's an old style Mexican food restaurant. Uh, there's a lot of fancy nouveau art deco California-esque restaurants in town that, pa that try to pass for Mexican food. But I like the old style Mexican food with real Mexican ladies who have asbestos fingers flipping tortillas. Um, and you can hear the mariachi music, you know, in the kitchen. And um, yeah, Guero's is my favorite. Yeah, I love it too. Um, yeah. One of, absolutely one of my favorite restaurants. Probably one of the first I went to in Austin. Just so iconic wow. right there on South Congress. Yeah, and they have live music on weekends in the courtyard. Yeah, great place. So, you know, check out Investor Underground, Investor Underground on Facebook. Super easy to find. Um, you go check out Queros, and if you're interested in Dan's boot camp, absolutely reach out to Dan. Dan, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I know people are going to have lots of questions, and hopefully, jump on Investor Underground and ask them. 
Hey, one more, one more plug. Um, we are about to launch our website investorunderground.com. We're going to do in every major city in the country exactly what we're doing in Austin, Texas. So if you're listening and you're from somewhere other than Austin, um, be watching for that. You're going to be able to find below market deals that you do with other investors. These are off market. They're below market. Um, so off market, below market, investor to investor deals at investorunderground.com. We're going to send out the announcements when it launches here in the next few weeks. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Look forward yeah. to that. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Dan. Have a great day. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks for having me.